me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Get it! <laughs> Keep it 100 Sports. Welcome back to Keep It 100 Sports. This is William Reed back with Jacob and Colton. Today we're going to be talking about last night's NBA draft, some surprises, some steals. But before we get into that, let's get into the question of the day. This weekend, Indiana plays in one of the most important games in Hoosier history this week as they play Ohio State. Indiana entered the top 10 a few weeks ago. When was the last time a Hoosiers team was in the top 10? Was it A, 2007? B, 1969. Didn't they make a a movie about the Hoosiers? Or D, 2005. They did, and it's the best basketball movie of all time. Facts. No, it's Thunderstruck. (laughs) And we'll get back to that at the end of the show. But first, the NBA draft was last night. I guess you could call Georgia just an all-around school now. Because, I mean, we're sending the number one pick overall. We got the number six pick in baseball. And we had the number four pick in football. I mean, Quick question. How many championships did they combine for? That's enough. That's awkward. I don't don't want to talk about that. We would have won the national championship in baseball, but it got cut short. Ole Miss would have definitely won it. Come on now. No chance. Come on now, dog. No chance. Come on now. Emerson Hancock, Jonathan Cannon. We had, like, five guys that got drafted. Ole Miss had two. First overall pick, Anthony Edwards. I thought that was a pretty good pick. I mean, I, I expected it. Yeah, I mean, you watched Georgia. I mean, obviously, he's a very explosive player. You saw what MJ talked about, how he was more explosive than he was. The only questions were, obviously, his, you know, how much does he love the game of basketball? And, and, and does he have the drive to be great? You know, you witnessed him at Georgia. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think he does. He definitely has the drive to be great, and I know he works hard. The thing that concerned me was his shooting percentage, but when I broke it down, like, Georgia, they got D1 basketball players, right? But they're just not the level that, you know, these big-time schools are. So, Anthony, I feel like he thought had to force the his presence, and he took a lot of ill-advised shots at Georgia just trying to carry the team, which, you know, he had to do. I mean, our point guard is, like, 5'8". I don't think, besides him, we'll have a guy drafted in the next what five years probably so I don't think that'll be a problem he'll be with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns I think he'll be fine um I'm just gonna go ahead and say it LaMelo Ball is the best player in the draft if he yes. can improve his shooting that is a definite possibility He's LaMelo the, Ball is the best player in the NBA draft he is the best passer in the he NBA is the draft best player in the NBA draft. right the now player. I would take Edwards now Chill, bro. Edwards I'm taking Wiseman before LaMelo Ball I like Wiseman, but I'm talking on a guard concept because we're talking about Anthony Edwards anyways. It is a guards league. It's tough. It's close right now. You know, everyone talks about LaMelo's passing ability and his length, but if you just size each other up, Edwards and LaMelo ball. Edwards is obviously way more explosive. He's a better yep. rebounder. I would argue is a better. he definitely is a better scorer. LaMelo mm. needs to work on his shooting. Now, you talk about passing... Lamelo, definitely. I mean, see, this is what the question is. Though. This is this isn't for who's gonna take over a game scoring right now in this draft class. Both teams that they went to, they're all in rebuild mode at the same time. Um, so it depends on who you would want to start a franchise with. And personally, I would go with Lamelo Ball, Anthony so Edwards, no doubt. 
No, I would. I don't I want would, a reality TV show walking more. around my locker room. No. Why, bro? That's more publicity. Get tickets. No. Melo Ball is bringing in salaries, bro. He's bringing in. Yeah, he's also money. driving away star players. No, he's right. No, he's actually right. You look at a, a small market. They were talking about this last night. You look at a small market like Charlotte. You need to create yep. some buzz. New Orleans did that with Zion. Yeah, it really revitalized the city from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, Jacob and Lamelo can do a. I think Lamelo has a similar influence. Now he's yeah. not nearly the player, or didn't nearly have the hype that Zion had, but he still has that star factor already as a rookie. Not sure who wants to play with him though. We'll see. We'll see. Me. Lonzo has adjusted fairly well. Lonzo has become much more mellow. You never hear about Lonzo anymore in the news like you did before. That's true. That's true. We'll see. We'll see how he adjusts. And they all talk about how Lamelo is more skilled than all of them. Like you said, he does need to develop a shot, but so does Edwards too. Edwards didn't shoot the highest percentage behind the three-point line either. Edwards also had to force a bunch of shots and played 45 minutes a game. So yeah, I mean, when, when you go over and play against Australia in Australia and don't even start half the year, you know, I'm, I'm taking you at number three too. I'm not. I'm yeah, not taking you. But for he's the, number the youngest. One pick. He's the youngest player to record a triple double overseas. Oh, listen he, to that. He's not. He's an all-around. Player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying I don't believe it all yet. Overseas. I'll believe it when I see it. You ever heard the term "once again"? You're wrong. No, no, no. That's mine. Jacob's heard that one a lot. (laughs) No, you guys always hear that one. (laughs) Moving to the second pick, Wiseman was taken by the Warriors. I thought that was a great pick by the Warriors. Unfortunately, Clay Thompson goes down with an injury, most likely a torn Achilles today, which stinks, man. Because with Clay Thompson, I think the Warriors are a Western Conference final team. Hundred percent. I know how hard that guy works to get back from his ACL and just to hurt himself again sucks man and I feel bad for him but just Wiseman didn't play much at Memphis but what he did was pretty good small sample size was really good very athletic seven foot can move around a lot good passer he has Draymond Green on the other side which I help well I think will help him a lot because Draymond is a pretty good passer if you look back Draymond was throwing lobs to Iguodala and those kind of guys back in the day so I think he might have that kind of effect with the Warriors and he'll help him on the boards a lot yeah, he's, he's definitely your prototypical big man, especially in this NBA. Now, he is big, and he's much larger than a lot of, uh, of the centers are that are coming into the league at this point. A lot of guys are, are much um, skinnier coming in now. They're, they're looking at, at, at shooting instead of you know guys that can get in the paint and get rebounds like you did 20 years ago. But he has that size, and he still has that skill set that all these smaller centers have. So I think it was a good pick. With the third pick, we already talked about LaMelo. And fourth... I thought fourth for the Bulls was a little bit of a stretch. When you look at a guy that was didn't even start on his college team, obviously there's going to be some questions. But one guy that comes to mind that did not start on his college team that has turned into really a star. Rudy. Like Rudy Rudiger? No. <laughs> Devin Booker. I thought Rudy was a good answer too. But yeah, Devin Booker's all right. So Colton and I are both Hawks fans. I was really hoping that Isaac Okuru from Auburn, I thought he was going to fall to the Hawks and I was going to be really excited because we need some defense. Trey Young, as we've talked about before, lacks on the defensive side of the ball. And I think having Isaac would have been very nice. Uh, I think we would probably would have had to convert him to a shooting guard, which is not his forte. Uh, scoring is not his thing but we could have used the defense. But in a good pickup for what we had, we picked up the kid from USC. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I don't want to mess it up. But I like him a lot. Very athletic. Moves without the ball well. 
He's going to fit right in the system with Trey Young catching lobs and stuff like that because that's yep. what he did at US, uh, USC. He ran the pick and roll very well, and he's very good on defense. A little bit undersized on the boards. I'm a little bit worried, but I think he'll be all right. I think it was a good pick. He fits the system what you said, Jacob, going off the lobs with Trey Young. I don't think we really necessarily needed another two guard. Well, we do need one, but there wasn't a two guard that could really catch and shoot as good as I would really want to put in the system with Trey Young, if that makes sense. I think he's good coming off the bench. I think he will put up some good numbers. I don't see him averaging too many points, but on the defensive end, he might do a lot. We're going to get into our biggest steals from last night. My steal of the draft would have to be R.J. Hampton. That pick had been tossed around from the um, Bucks to the Pelicans and, and then to the Nuggets. And, you know, and coming in two years ago, R.J. Hampton was looked at as a lottery pick lock, right? And he is, he fell to 25th after he struggled overseas a little bit. But if you still look at him, he's, he's got good size for a point guard. He's really athletic. I think he was a good pickup. He fell to 25. You didn't expect that coming. Like, if you if you'd have asked somebody who, who really follows this kind of thing two years ago, if they'd have thought R.J. Hampton would have fell outside of the lottery, a lot of them wouldn't believe you. He's got that potential. And late in the first round, that's what you look for. You look for guys that have potential that could later maybe turn into a star. And I think R.J. Hampton has that potential. My steal is in the second round. I'm going with Nico Manning from Arizona. He got drafted by the Warriors. He was the 48th pick. Personally, I think that's a steal. I like him as a guard. I feel like coming off the bench and him being able to develop underneath Steph could really do a lot for him as a point guard. Also, with Clay being out this year, Steph could use a lot of help. So I feel like he's just going to be a big help to the Warriors team. So for me, it's got to be Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky going to the 76ers, which I think he'll fit right in there. They need a guy. They need to let Ben Simmons play the four. They need to get him out of the point guard role. And I don't think he'll jump right into it right away, but I think he'll be very good coming off the bench. I think it's a great pickup for the 76ers. Hey, trust the process. We've been trusting it for seven years. Hasn't gotten much done, but we're trusting it more now. Did you see you posted it on your story about what the Philadelphia 76ers turned Jim, Jimmy Butler and, and Al Horford into? Yeah. It was Josh Richardson. Danny Green. Danny Green, and, uh, a first and second round pick. One thing, though, silver lining is that you free, free up a lot of cap space with Al Horford's contract being gone. Danny Green's not there anymore. Uh, he was there for a cup of coffee, so I thought he would have been pretty good and he would have fit well into that system. But yeah, the biggest thing for them was just getting Horford out of mm. there. No disrespect. I like Al a lot, but just doesn't fit the system that the 76ers are trying to do. You're listening to Keep 100 Sports. I'm Jacob Cower. He's William Reed, and that's Colton Merch. Continuing in the NBA free agency. How about that move for the Bucks? How'd you like that one, William? The steam is coming out of his ears right now as we speak. Like, I hear the whistling. Yeah, I feel like I'm watching the Looney Tunes. You know, I, I saw the deal come through. I was First of all, whenever William starts out with, you know, you just know. Like, it's about to go down. I was doing some homework. It was late at night. It was a couple nights ago. It's probably like 1230. And I see a notification pop up on my phone. I knew the, the Drew Holiday trade was coming soon. I'll miss Drew Holiday. He was really the only guy left from those older Pelicans teams, that, that, that one team with Anderson and Eric Gordon and Monty Williams coaching that went to the playoffs that one year. You know, he was the last remnant of that, so I'll miss him. But I knew the trade was coming, and I accepted that. I was cool with it. He, needed to, he doesn't really fit where the team is headed right now. But the package we got, man. I mean, Eric Bledsoe, he's 30 years old. He has a $70 million contract. George Hill, he's 34. He has a $30 million contract. He's 34 if you guys didn't hear that. 34. 34 years old. So you're telling me Drew Holiday doesn't fit the mold 
but 30-year-old Eric Bledsoe and 34-year-old George Hill do. That's what you're telling me. And then we want to be like, oh, no, we got three first-round picks. They're in 2020 this year, which we traded. 2025, I will be 20. I will be 22 years old. And 2027, we will have families, Jacob. We will be grown men. Yeah, seriously, I, I couldn't have done that math. Yeah, my girlfriend can't do math. <laughs> oh, roasted. We will be grown men. And now you're like, oh, we, we just got to hope Giannis leaves for Miami, which is a great scenario right now. Look at this Bucks team without Giannis. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Lopez. This is a playoff team. You're telling me this team isn't as good as that Orlando team that made it this year? They're not even going to be in the lottery for, because Drew's locked up for at least the next two or three years. And Middleton's locked up for I don't know how much longer. It's not a young team for any minutes. But the next two or three years, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be in the playoffs. And then in 2025 and 2027, those first round picks, who cares? About that time, you know what we'll need? We need players. Zion will be in his prime. We cannot have another Anthony Davis situation where we have all these picks and we trade a bunch and we try to get all these players around and then we're just going to trade for, for something that, that won't matter. Because if this if we make that deal right for 2027. 2027? 2027 first round pick. Dude, let's say we draft a long him. way away. And let's say it's a good pick. Let's say it's top five. I mean, at this rate, it might but, be top five. It, exactly. That's my, but, but let's say it's top five. We will want to be contenders by then. We'll have Zion, we'll have Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. We need to win right then. We don't have time for rookies to develop. And then we have two more pick swap. I thought we could have got so much more for it. I thought we could have packaged a deal with, with the Celtics with their three first-round picks this year. I'd have been much happier with that. I don't want to take on these huge contracts with Bledsoe and Hill. I want to be able to go sign a free agent in the offseason. Because Drew, I mean, he had a huge, I mean, he had like a $150 million contract, which is crazy. You get these players that fill these contracts back. It doesn't even matter. We got rid of him. And they're all like, oh, we're going to trade him last night. Neither of them left last night. So, I mean, obviously there's time left. They need to get out. We need to get other younger assets. But right now I'm very disappointed with how the traders went. Couldn't sleep. Well, that's it for the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come back next <laughs> week. Uh... So um, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. Um, thank you guys for listening. Share with your friends. And um, we're out. William, I think you covered it. So yeah. it was. I, I woke up to it and I was like, wow. And then I checked my text and it's, William saying some explicitives to me. Some things that you couldn't, Explicit. can't say on the air. Yeah, and he was not happy. And I, I, I was talking to him. I was like, it just didn't really make sense for him. Drew Holiday is one of the best defensive players in the league. Probably should get way more recognition. Actually, not probably, should get way more recognition as a defender. Probably should make the all-defensive team at least one of them every year. I thought the Pelicans were trying to get younger. Me too. I, I think the age range just went up a little bit for them. Oh, I don't see the point in the trade. Having Holiday there, they were still building some chemistry. They're definitely a playoff contending team. Now I'm interested to see bringing in Bledsoe and Hill, what that will do. Because they're already pretty guard-heavy. Um Hill can't really do too much, in my opinion. Um, you have that distributor in Lonzo Ball. That's the best point guard, in my opinion. Like, playmaking, like, he doesn't look to score. Uh, he cares about facilitating to his team. And with the team that they have and the superstars they got in the scores, that's that's big time. So they don't really need any more guards. So really, I don't see the point in it. They're definitely stupid. Well, moving to the next trade that actually did make a little bit of sense was Dennis Schroeder, my old Hawk. The former Atlanta Hawk. Sixth man of the year to the Lakers. That's pretty big time, dude. I didn't know you could get much better when you won the championship, but they did it. They went and got better. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you go get a guy like Schroeder who averaged, you know, 18 points a game last year and came off the bench, obviously, like you said, won six man of the year, and you only give up Danny Green and, and some draft rights. That's all you had to give up for him. Um, I thought it was a great pickup for the Lakers. It really helps them to contend this year, you know, looking with some new contenders, obviously, with the Nets and Warriors coming back into it. We'll see how they do. 18 points per game. You can do a lot of scoring. Rondo can't really do too much, in my opinion. Also, he's a good point guard, but he's old. What exactly I why I would love for him to come and mentor Trey Young for me. Just get get rid of Clint Capella. Get that guy out of there. I don't really like Cam Reddish, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I had high hopes for him coming in. I feel like we should try to get a young trade out of him, maybe. I really don't think anybody's going to take him, but I just... I'm really not comfortable with him being a scoring option off the bench. He's not going to do too much, in my opinion. And then what could possibly be one of the biggest acquisitions of the offseason would be James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, is a very intriguing move because you can surround him with Kyrie Irving, who could maybe you know get back to a top three point guard that he has been in years past, and then you know the the best scorer in the league in Kevin Durant. Should be interesting how they mesh together. Harden and Durant have played together. You know, went to a finals. We'll see how they can gel with Kyrie, who at times has has had some confrontational moments. You know, you know, leaving Cleveland and then leaving Boston. We will see. Now, the talent is there. It's whether or not they can harness it and they can mesh together. It's a tough subject for me because I really don't know what system I can see Harden playing in. He kind of has his own style of play. The Nets, I really don't think that him, Kyrie, and KD are all going to be able to play together. James Harden just takes a lot of shots. That's his game. He shoots the whack shots. He shoots a lot of contested shots. I don't think KD and Kyrie will really let that slide. Another thing, if he joins the Nets... I don't want to hear any more talk about Kevin Durant's move to the Warriors. I'm beyond like they can talk about how you know the Warriors were 73 and nine and stuff like that. But James Harden would be joining KD and Kyrie, Lavert, Harris. Like those are some good ball players. But speaking on James Harden's system involving another team, uh, I think the best place I could really see him at is maybe the Celtics. I'm going to berate Kevin Durant for that Warriors move <laughs> for the rest of my life. Just the difference for me is it's he's not building something. He's coming to a, a, a team that was already at a ch- winning championships, whereas in Brooklyn, they were an 8 seed last year because both of them were hurt. From a philosophical standpoint, where it's it's a pride thing, like like you're going to build something yourself. You're not going somewhere that has already won championships. That's the thing for me. And I... And I Going to Brooklyn, he's going to get a chance to, to prove that he can build. And if he wins a championship, hey, then I will relent. I can agree with you and disagree with you to a certain extent. Um, he did join the championship team, but think about it. Kevin Durant joined. It really, that whole centerpiece was Draymond, Steph, and Clay. With this Nets team, you got Levert on the bench, Joe Harris on the bench, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. All those players... You know, even if they're not all all stars, they all bring way more to the table than what that Warriors team did. You know, on the bench it was like Sean Livingston and David Lee, and like it's just it's not. Hey really, man, don't Sean Livingston was pretty good. He was good, but he's not Curious Levert. All that's right, fair. that's, that's fair. Oh uh, yeah, he's not Levert. No, hey, don't disrespect Sean Livingston like that. Though. Yeah, he's and a solid Harrison player. Barnes, Harrison Barnes is not Kevin okay. Durant. Harrison Barnes was a ball player though, and his when he was, dude, he'd come in and he'd shoot a three late 
when they come in to spell oh my god he was good hey, don't okay. forget about oh, Zaza Pachulia games, huh? though I hated Zaza Zaza baby <laughs> you saw the televised games huh see listen listen I like the Hogs and I like the Warriors those two are my teams that I love to watch the most I'm telling you bro Harrison Barnes pissed me off more than anybody on that team <laughs> dog like he'd be wide open chilling in the corner right and just brick like over eight and then hit this shot like in the fourth quarter finally and the game wouldn't even be closed by that point i just couldn't stand him, man my take on it is i think that harden kyrie and katie can put their egos aside and i think i think they go out there and compete for a championship i think it's gonna work i think harden settles down shows everyone that he can pass it around a little bit too KD is just going to be KD. Kyrie's the one I worry about actually the most. I think that's most of the worry for everybody because of, you know, he's been very passive aggressive about the he, these past teams he's been with. But I, I, I'm with you. I do think it will succeed. And partly because of that is because of Steve Nash. They, they don't have some old head coach that, that's all. He's a player's coach. He's a player. He was out of the league, what, five years ago? He's going to let them do what they need to do. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to let them play I'm not sure how much coaching ball. he's really going to do, but... Hey, when you got those players... <laughs> that's like Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Oh, Steve Kerr is a good coach. Now. No, he is, but I'm just saying, like, how do you coach Steph, Clay, yeah. and KD? You, you tell him, you, yeah. You tell him, go do your Movement. thing, man. You're listening to Keep 100 Sports. You can find me on Instagram, at Jacob Cowart. On Snapchat, at Jacob Cowart7. On Twitter, at Jacob Cowart. And this is William Reed. You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at William Reed, III, and on Twitter at William Reed 3 This is Colton. You can find me on Instagram at it's underscore Colton3. So moving in to college football. Well, guys, all three of our teams are out now. Let's safe to say I was wrong in the the mailman didn't deliver. The post office was closed on Saturday in Jacksonville. But JT Daniels is coming in, so you got, hey, you got a little fresh a little start. Silver there. lining yeah. there. All right. Hey, yeah. listen, I'm cool yeah, with how the Ole Miss is doing. I'm chilling with them. I mean, look, we got we got Matt Corral. If we go ten and ten and two. I'll be fine. But you know, it's just another year, God, man. It's just another year could, in Georgia I wish we football, could go bro. Eight and two. Yeah, I'll switch with you. Kyle Pitts gets knocked out. Kyle Pitts is a dog. Heck of a hit dog. by. Our backup safety. I just want everyone to know, like, I'm not making excuses. Stetson played bad. Quarterback play was terrible. We did have 11 starters out. That'll kill you. I mean, that will yeah, do it. Yeah, will. Two, I what mean. What are you talking to me for? Our two outside receivers. Oh, did you pick Georgia? Was I the only one that picked Florida? No, I was the only one that picked Georgia. Uh, our two outside receivers yeah. were out. We put some inside receiver and outside receiver. He didn't know what was going on. <laughs> our quarterback looked like he played. I mean, he couldn't even complete a pass on the Alfred of seventh grade defense right now. <laughs> Eli Reed would pick him off. <laughs> I think he would. <laughs> I mean, there's just not good. Nothing going right. Richard LeCount was out. It was it was just a bad. It was tough to watch. So, once again, you were wrong. Yeah, I was wrong about that one. There we go. Hey, we were all wrong, though, about Clemson-Notre Dame, boys. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. It was a few weeks ago, but, I mean. That was a Notre good Notre Dame, hey, man. Ian Book raised his draft stock, I'll tell you that. We got three big games this week. Yes, we do. And the biggest of the week is a is a top ten matchup, and like I said earlier, possibly the most important game in Indiana football history. Forget about the size of the crowds, their fancy uniforms, and remember what oh. got you here. <laughs> he just pulled a Hoosiers quote. Hey, I had to. Definitely have to watch Hoosiers before the game's going to get me hyped up. I'm going to be. Hey, listen, I'm going to be the biggest Indiana fan in the country tomorrow. And then we got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. Cap off the night, as William would say. Nice little nightcap. We'll go with Wisconsin and Northwestern. Northwestern. So let's pick them. Let's start off with Wisconsin, Northwestern. Northwestern into the top 25 last weekend. Um, they've had some good games so far, but I do not think they're going to be able to, to come up on top against this Wisconsin team. Looked dominant over Michigan last week. 
Graham Mertz is is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I think Wisconsin wins big. Yeah, Wisconsin wins. Yep, Wisconsin's winning it. <laughs> like I would love to see Northwestern win, but it's just not happening. Yeah, I guess that's what we said about Notre Dame too. So I mean, don't don't listen to us. Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I think Chuba has a breakout game. Reminds everyone why he's one of the best backs in college football and. Spencer Rattler just proves my point. Doesn't play well, as I've said before, overrated. Oklahoma's defense, as they've shown, just doesn't do it. Oklahoma State by seven. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you, actually. Oklahoma State hasn't beaten Oklahoma what since. Did you say that one? What was the first part? We happen to have similar opinions on this particular matchup. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Oklahoma State. I'm going to go with the Pokes. They haven't beaten Oklahoma since 2014. Uh, like you said, I think Shub has a good game. And the key of the game, I think Oklahoma State's defense forces some turnovers. I think Rattler still has a good game, but I think they force him to throw a pick late. I got Oklahoma State. Overrated. He's not. Listen, Colt, he is a hater. Once again, you're both wrong. <laughs> Spencer Rattler, I'm going to stay confident in my boy. He's going to deliver the win. Sorry about it. Uh, Oklahoma Sorry, wins. It's like putting your confidence in Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> what you, what's wrong with that? I hear you. All right, we'll see. We'll see. He delivers I'm, every year. What do, you want, what do you want him to do? And now for the biggest matchup of this weekend, Ohio State, Indiana, you know, game day is going to be there. Big noon kickoff. It's going to be at noon, which is which is odd, obviously, for these these big time games. This is going to be a very emotional game. Indiana hasn't played in a game like this in my lifetime, and I think that the emotion, the build up, I think it feeds into it. And I think the Hoosiers go out there, and I think they get the win. I think Michael Penix Jr. has a huge game. He's had a great year. I mean, he's he's thrown for 300 yards his last two games. I think he establishes himself as a clear Heisman candidate. And I got Indiana. Justin Fields is too good. Jacob, I don't know what you're going to say. Hopefully you agree with me. Make the right decision. If not, then you're wrong as well. Jacob, he obviously has not seen Hoosiers. Have you seen Hoosiers? Forget about the Baller. size of the crowd. Forget about their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. You know what that means? Colton, as usual, you are incorrect. Let's go. I Dude, think the Hoosiers... I think it all boils up. Ohio State walks in there a little too confident. The Hoosier safety pulls a little Nolan Turner, oh, yeah. picks Justin Fields off to win the game. Hoosiers by Let's three. Let's go, baby. Pinnix Jr. is going to have a game. We're having a podcast next week. Let's, I, oh, dude, out. absolutely. We you're, should have. You're, a, you're, we should watch the game together so we can we can laugh at you as Indiana beats Ohio State. Oh, okay. All right, good. It's going to be great. Indiana's going to be playoff contender. It's going to be awesome. great. I can't wait. I cannot wait. All right, so now heading to NFL football, we're going to talk about our NFL playoff bracket. So I'll start in, in the NFC from one through seven. I got the Saints in first at 12 and four. Seahawks second at 12 and four. I think, you know, Russell, he bounces back after the loss last week. They, they pull a few together, and I think they get into second. Um, Green Bay third at 12 and four. I think fourth's going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles at six, nine, and one. <laughs> Fifth's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 12 and four. Brady, maybe he can have a little bit of postseason magic. Maybe he's got a little bit left in him. Sixth, I'm going to go with the new kid on the block, Kyler Murray, 11 and five. And then in seventh, I got the Chicago Bears. That defense just picks Nick Foles up and just puts it on his back. And Khalil Mack and, and Akeem Hicks make the playoffs. Don't forget about Roquan Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. You? I'm sorry. I forgot. On the AFC side of things, at first, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at 13-3. and uh, At second, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 13-3. and I think that defense continues to play exceptionally. 
third, I have the Buffalo Bills, actually, at 11-5. and five. They've shown promise throughout the year. I like their defense. I like how Josh Allen is playing. Stephon Diggs has asserted himself as a true wide receiver one. I like the Bills. Fourth, got the Indianapolis Colts, another team that's just buoyed by its defense. They're going to go 11-5, and five, despite... Philip Rivers. Fifth, I got the Baltimore Ravens at 12-4. and four. I think Lamar turns it around after an embarrassing loss last week. I think the Ravens get it done. They go 12-4. and four. It's not quite enough to catch the Steelers, but they still get the fifth spot. Sixth, I got the Miami Dolphins. I think two in company. I think that defense uh, plays exceptional like it has, and I think Tua plays just well enough for the Dolphins to make the playoffs. And in seventh, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr tries to save his job. They make the playoffs at nine and seven. Coming out of NFC West, I really that's a close one between the Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. I'm gonna go Seahawks, NFC East. Ah, you know, as much as I want to say it, I can't say it because I don't see it happening. But the Eagles will take that. NFC South, Saints will take that, and then Packers are gonna win the NFC North. Um, my three wild cards: Buccaneers, of course, Cardinals, and then I'm not gonna go with the Bears. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, uh, I think Dalvin will keep doing what he's doing, and it's just going to lead to even more wins. I swear to God, if we have to play the Vikings in the playoffs, I might. I, I probably won't even watch the game. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably won't. <laughs> Isn't Foles out for the season two right now? He's out like at least two to three weeks, Breeze. So let's see what Jameis can do. Let's go. All right, so AFC East, I think the Dolphins take no it. No kidding. You think they're going to beat out the Bills? I think they'll keep rolling. I like the way they look right now. I really put a lot of faith in Tua. I'm going to put my faith in him. AFC South, that's a tight one, too. I'm going to go Colts. Colts defense is just crazy. I picked them up on fantasy team, right, Jacob? I'm leading. I don't know why you guys talk trash. Listen, I'm literally lost. winning you the lost. league. Hold on. You What's, lost. You, you lost. I, you I take L's. You, you take L's. I told you in our last podcast. I am winning the division and the league. Let me double check. You that. haven't won yet. I'll man. get back to you on Four that. Four team league, man. Listen. He's like the Falcons, anybody, all right? He does well in the first Grant half. It's okay. Win. He's like every Grant Georgia sports team. All right. So AFC North, Steelers. And then AFC West will be the Chiefs. My two wild cards, Bills, the Ravens. You said Raiders. I might have to go Titans. Ooh. I'm going to go Titans. And for me, I'll start off with the AFC. So I got Pittsburgh. Finishes the season perfect. Doesn't lose a game. That you have Pittsburgh going 16-0. and 0. Yes, I do. They can do it. They can do it. Big Ben. He's not going to win Comeback Player of the Year, though. You know who does? Alex Smith, Smith. baby. Nice. Nice. Good touch. Nice All right. Touch. I, got, I, I, am a, I'm, I got a big heart. So next, I got the Chiefs. Then I got the Bills, the Colts, the Raiders, the Ravens, and then the Dolphins. So they sneak in there. Pittsburgh and the Chiefs, they duke it out in the AFC Championship. And I think the Chiefs come out on top. We'll go over to the NFC side, and we'll go Saints, Green Bay, the Seahawks, Arizona, the Eagles, the Bears, and your hometown Falcons win every game. They win out, baby. And Father Time is ticking on Tom Brady. The Bucks are out. They don't make the playoffs. Let me tell you. Can you, you. give us like a realistic one? No, no, no. That's it. Let me tell you. When at the end of the season Aren't we're going to come back. Eight and three? You're, they're going to lose done. the rest of their they're, game. They're out. They're going to go 8 and 8. They lose both times to the Falcons. And y'all are going to go 9 and 7. I'm telling you, man. Can you can you like read off their uh, schedule real quick? I'll we're going to go game by game and I want you to tell me to my face. I want you to look me in my eyes and I want you to tell me that the Falcons are going to win the game. Saints, Chargers, Dub, Buccaneers, Dub, Dub, 
and you got to go to Kansas. Tell City. Bo, no, 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 look at me in the eye. Look at me in the eyes and tell me that the Falcons are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Young Way Koo kicks an onside kick. The Falcons get it, and we win the game on a Matt Ryan drive to win the game. That's how it's going to go down, folks. All right, but actually, we'll go Saints, Green Bay, Seahawks, Arizona, the Eagles, the Bears, and the Bucks. unfortunately. And finally, we get into the question of the day. Earlier, me and Jacob expressed our love for the Hoosiers, the movie, and the football team, and we explained how Indiana's going to win behind the arm of Michael Penix Jr. But Indiana has entered the top 10 a few weeks ago. When was the last time a Hoosiers team was in the top 10? Was it A, 2007, B, 1969, C, 1984, or D, 1947? 1984. Colton, what's your final answer? Your choices are 2007, 1969, 1984, and 1947. 1969. And Colton was right. 1969 was the last time the Hoosiers were in the top 10. Gosh, I don't know why I didn't pick that number. That's always a winning number. Shut up. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. End the show. You've been listening to Q&A Sports. Thanks for listening.